Hello, everybody. This is the Friendly Bear Podcast, where we interview some of the best and brightest traders in the trading community. Listen to inspiring stories and nuggets of insight from current and future game changers in the trading space. Listen and learn as we explore all types of trading niches with some of the best in the industry from a Friendly Bear point of view. Make sure to check out the Friendly Bear Podcast new YouTube channel called Friendly Bear Research, which includes all the podcast video content and supplemental screen shares. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. With that being said, I'm your host, David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and this is the Friendly Bear Podcast. Let's dive in. But really supercharged the computers and the algos, man. And that's what made it made reading tape a little bit tougher, but still nothing, nothing can beat it, bro. When you have a buyer that's buying millions of shares, damn it, you got some demand and that stock's going up, man. You just have to figure out how to read it. Now, what happened was it killed a lot of the games that existed before that. So all that short uh, 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 uptick rule bypass stuff stopped working. So all, the whole firm that I was in and tons of other firms that existed off that strategy had to close down. And then everybody went to other strategies. And guess what strategies they went to? They went to the same thing I'm talking about, but just manually doing it. There was one prop firm that I worked for in Boston after – I didn't really work for it, but I kind of just hung out there. Their major strategy was the same thing, but they just did it manually. So they did it on names like Citigroup where they would buy you know, 2,000 shares on the bid. They would limit in and limit out a half a penny up or, or a dollar or, or, or sorry, a penny up, and then they would just take the rebates. They would take the rebates and the cent. That's it. That's it. And Citigroup was worth a buck at that time, right? And there was hundreds of millions of shares on each penny bid and penny offer. Right. So all they were doing was waiting for the penny to flip and they were just rebating in between that. They were just going for freaking half a penny. And it was a it was a hundred traders doing that strategy. Now, imagine how much commissions you're going to rack up right there. Right. Because every trader is trading freaking millions of shares a day and only making, you know, 10 grand. And then after the, you know, the commissions are done with you, you're only coming away with two. So, you know, again, those games started to come up and, um, you know, but that's that's my answer to your question. So, you know, just to just to reel it back here, I know we went to, went into a bunch of stuff here, David. But so interesting, after, though, man. Yeah. After 2007, when the regulation came and changed everything, I had to learn how to read tape again because everything changed. There was tons of fake orders. There was tons of all that kind of stuff, and you had to you had to you had to learn how to read it again. And that's when I started to take a much more longer term approach. And I started reading tape, not as much, not for the penny, you know, you know, not for the fractions of seconds, more for a longer period in time. So, so check it out. So uh, after hearing that, like, and I thought about it for a while. So like, you got like guys like Heim Bodek, mathematicians, genius guy, basically. Uh, he can figure out like all the intricacies with math and equations and God knows what. Uh-huh. And then, And then you come in, you're thinking, you're more like. I don't know, like uh, uh, you just come in with like that hustler mentality of like yeah. figuring it out. Like it's like a game and you want to you're yep. trying to just like the ticket sales, just like that guy um found out to pay you guys 40 bucks to, to yep. do the manual labor. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, you know, so um, so how, when did you realize about that about yourself? Because I know like for me, when I when I started the markets, I was kind of overwhelmed. I was like, oh, man, there's a lot of like you got to know math and you got to know how to figure out the percentages and all this and 
So how That's did you how you thought about it? Really? I didn't wow. know what I was getting into, man. And I, this is coming in in my 30s. I was like, yeah. when I started, I was like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Like, I got to. What did you do before that? You were an architect before that, right? Yeah. 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 So so I did. um Yeah. Like, oh, oh, like 12 years of architecture. And I didn't, I didn't even know what a stock was. <laughs> yeah, man. So. Maybe that's what it is because you know what it is? Like a, I have a lot of students that will come to me and some of them it will take me a lot longer because I have, to, I have to take out the information that they think they know before I can replace it with the information that they should have. Right. So maybe in your case, it was kind of similar where maybe in mine, it was always just how do I figure I know this thing is going up and down in value. I just have to figure out what's making it go up and down. Right. That's all I thought it through. Right. And how did I start that mentality? I mean, shit, it was it was it was just always just being in that game, man, of wanting to make money. Because 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 you're not an HF, you don't understand like a hundred percent the HFTs. You no. understand what they're trying to do, though. though. I understand exactly what they're trying to do. I've been around enough of them in New York to understand what they're going after. I know what it looks like when they're looking at at the actual tape of it all. I just don't know how the hell they're coding for it. Who they held it? You know, they need to call so many other people to get to get yeah. little discount exchanges on volume to make the profit to make the strategies profitable. I've been around enough prop firms that. Fund those types of strategies so I know what they're looking for as well. I'm always the guy that's going to understand the shit out of something. I might not be able to speak that language, but I know I know what you're doing. You know what I mean? I know what you're doing. I know yeah. I know and I know enough about it. You know, but 100%. I'm not an expert in 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 any of this stuff. I think where I think where I got that mentality, man, was just that was just was just just going when you want money, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you have to – either you got a product. Either you are a product, you got a product, or or you know what I mean? You're looking for the product, right? At some point, you got to realize like, all right, either I'm making something that somebody wants or they don't know they want it yet, and I have to, I have to convince them that they want the shit, right? And then I have to put myself in some place, you know, in some place in order to get it. Either way, you're going to realize like, all right, I have to build something. I either have to spend X, Y, and Z, and I have to charge X, Y, and Z to make my cost back and then some. So to me, it's just – it was just simple. It was just the way that I looked at things, I guess. So I, I, never, I never looked at – pl- I sold drugs too when I was in school. you know. So that was pretty quick to understand buy one, sell for two and demand, right? I mean when we couldn't get – when nobody could get any weed – when I was in college, the price of weed went up double. When everybody could get weed, I couldn't. I couldn't even sell my weed. You know, I had to sell it on yeah. a discount, right? So, from there alone, man, that teaches you enough of what you got to do. You know, so I guess to me, I just picked it up like that. Yeah, because like level two, for example, you you mentioned EdgeX and all this. So when yeah. I first saw, saw level two, I, I I remember this is like 2016, 17. I saw Tim Grittani explaining it, and I'm like, wow, this guy must sure. be a genius. What the hell is this? <laughs> it's all flickering, and I'm like, how do you make sense of this? You, you're like, is he a genius or something? But it's no, it's just like you're looking now. I understand, like you're looking for certain orders in there. You're looking for some signs of spoofing. It's like poker. It's like yeah. a game, you know. So exactly, exactly, and it might be a lot more information, and it might be coming at you at at, at speeds where you you start to get scared and everything, but it's it's just a derivation 
of a concept that is very simple in nature. And I think if people are able to look at it that way, they wouldn't be so afraid of it, man. And they wouldn't be spending so much time, you know, just kind of running away from it. That concludes today's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on the platform you use. The Friendly Bear Podcast is hosted by me, David, where you can find me on Twitter at reverse underscore long. You can find the Friendly Bear Podcast at www.thefriendlybearpodcast.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, and now on YouTube at Friendly Bear Research. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Friendly Bear Podcast.